Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 12, 2020, and it is the 32nd installment of our humble little show. My name is Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. So you don't know that I'm doing this, but this episode is literally brought to you by K-Bay-Bay. Oh. She is the first... She has money on this. She is what? sponsoring this episode. What? So I'd like to present you with your half of the profits. Oh my goodness. We are a money-making entity, my friend. There it is. It's in my hands. <laughs> Thank you, K-Bay-Bay. <laughs> so uh, she's going to be our title sponsor for the show. Uh, she hit me up after this last episode and said, uh-uh. <laughs> like, where was I? <laughs> You're at the top. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you listened to the whole thing to try to figure it out. But she literally, I was like, she said, how can we sponsor? And I was like, I don't know. Vin- I, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, next thing you know, I have a podcast sponsorship bank transfer mm. from K-Bay-Bay. Incredible. So this episode of the podcast brought to you by people that Call it Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, K-Bay-Bay. We love you. Yes. Um, K-Bay-Bay is killing it in New York City. Uh, I think living in Brooklyn. Um, her boyfriend is an associate producer on The View, which I think wow. is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So anyway. That's great. Shout out. We love you. Uh, the rest of the episode dedicated to K-Bay-Bay. Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had It could be sports, religion, politics We keeping the tabs You would think they work for Gucci How they deep in they bag Get your facts up On Wednesday we'll be counting the stats up So turn the volume up till it's maxed up You know the drill So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up And chill, we back up This is the weekly catch up So we're going to have to like file taxes for this <laughs> podcast now. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, we are socially distancing from the IRS at the moment. Ah, yes. ATM. <laughs> yes. Far away. That is a, a good question though, because this transaction was uh, brought to you by Venmo mm. and all of my money rounds in golf are paid out through Venmo. And yeah, that's how I pay all of my friends back. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of side hustles that are occurring. Like there was a lot of like barbershop home visitations over COVID where people were paid through Venmo. Interesting. I see that you have gotten a haircut. I have partially. Um, I, they didn't yeah. do what I asked. Cause oh. <laughs> so well, we, it looks nice. It, it got open on Friday, right? Friday yes. this last yeah. week. So I had been like literally calling on Thursday, like <laughs> to try to figure out is somebody there maybe like taking appointments? Yeah. Like, uh, can I go ahead and check in online for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And so I finally found the only supercuts that was available in the metro. Like all yeah. of the chains were closed, like Great Clips, Sports Clips, Knockouts, um, Floyd's, Floyd's yeah. uh, all of them. Um, I'm trying to think of cool cuts, uh, <laughs> Fantastic Sam's. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they were all still closed. And so I, I called the only supercuts and they were like, oh, you're they were like, you might show up like an hour early tomorrow. And so. I was on my way home from work and there is this little like house in this neighborhood right off of Oak Lawn yeah. that it looks really, it looks like a, a barber school of sorts. Like they have haircuts on the side of the building. Uh, there's also like 
um, bars covering the windows. <laughs> Great. And it's like a little porch and you walk up. And so, well, I mean, I, let me stop you there. Cause okay. you know, if this were like a Mexican restaurant, we know that we'd be getting peak Mexican food. Well, right? that's true. This time it was Mexican haircuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying like, I can see the logic of how, you know, you'd, you'd think that you're about to get a fantastic haircut is all I'm saying. Oh no. The logic was not that I was going to get a fantastic haircut. Oh, the logic was that I was going to get a haircut. Okay, got it. <laughs> I was like, whatever, whatever keeps me from going to my mom's backyard and having her buzz this bug <laughs> yeah, is, that's what is worth it. Okay. So like I paid, I'll get to that. So <laughs> I walk in into the cochina and uh, I was the only honky in this joint. Yeah. And I was like, can I get a haircut here? Like, <laughs> can I put my name on the list and, or make it a, a reservation? And she was like, a reservation. And I was like, yeah. And she said, there's probably like two people in front of you. Like she, she had pretty good English going on. And I was like, okay, so just four 30, can I come back? And she said, yeah. And so I put my name and everything down. I walk back. I have a, my little mask on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I don't know yeah. where we're at with this right now. And so I walk in with the mask and like, she just kind of acknowledged me and she was like, yes, one, one, one minute. And I took a seat and then nobody spoke English the rest of the time. Like, <laughs> and so she, nobody introduced themselves to me. They just said, go sit in that chair over there <laughs> in the corner. And so I sat in the White chair boy. and the guy like went and took a dump while <laughs> in between haircuts. I'm like, he is wiping his butt right now before he's going to put his hand all over my head. Yeah, did you hear the faucet sink run? <laughs> no, but I saw him come out of the bathroom because it's a small little house. They probably have like six or it's, it's a cool little, like space actually like yeah, it's, it's a modest of, home it's a retrofitted home for a hair salon okay but it's clear that they only do hispanic people for the, the large part yeah um so anyway i thought it was maybe a school or something so i just finally this guy comes over to me doesn't introduce himself he just like starts working and um so i after he puts on the bib and all of that I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking that I'd like to do like a three on the sides and then a little bit more than finger length on top. And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then he just proceeded to give me the haircut that he gave me. Got it. And uh, so I'm going to have to go to a real haircut place whenever. Well, I, a real haircut place, I personally but. think it looks good. So. Thanks, man. Yeah. Anything was a improvement over what was going on. I was getting mangy. <laughs> yeah. It was just hair. I was getting hockey hair almost. <laughs> Oh, does well, that sound attractive though? I mean, the ladies like hockey players. Yeah, they do. My mom always liked Darian Hatcher growing up. Like, yeah. it's like, man, you pick the most the, brute force the one. Less teeth, the better. Yeah, know? seriously. He was like the boyfriend from Tiger King before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody right now likes uh, Tyler Seguin. Well, yeah, Tyler yeah. Seguin is actually a good looking right. guy, though. I think uh, isn't who's Benjamin. Uh, who's number 44? I don't know, man. I brought up who I knew. <laughs> no, you know the other... Jamie Ben... Jamie... Uh, yeah, there is um, a... Jamie Ben, right? Sure. Something like that. The captain or whatever with the, the beard or goatee, he's a good-looking guy. He's better looking than Tyler Seguin, right? Uh, I don't know what he looks like, to be honest. You know what's crazy about sports is, like, if you go to the Texas Rangers stadium, especially if you're just in, if you're not directly behind home plate or in a box, the chance that you're next to an attractive person is slim to none. And if you go to like a stars game though, that's like a fashion show. Like there are just yeah. sexy people everywhere. Um, Jamie Ben, this guy. Yeah. That, that's a good looking man right there. Right. 
Uh, I didn't look at his look at his cover photo. His cover photo is like, yeah, I mean, he's no Bradley Colvin, but (laughs) he's uh... so few are. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a strong chin. Yeah, that's what I look for in a man. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, big shout out to Dean Colvin real quick before I forget. Um, Yeah, I kind of thought he'd been icing me a little bit like I hadn't heard from him in several weeks. And uh, I was like, man, did I razz him too hard or what? And then he sent me a your mama joke via LinkedIn right before the show started, (laughs) almost as if he knew that you were on your way here. Um, so I will read it now for your pleasure. Oh, please do. It's kind of silly. I like. To I can it. only imagine. All right. Let me find this. Just just glad to hear <laughs> that he's okay. breaking up the monotony. 4.50 p.m. today. Your mom is so stupid she put airbags on her computer in case it crashed. <laughs> All right. So. Dad, next time take a longer break, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, speaking of parentals, um, did you go away this weekend? No, so well, not away. I went. To, I went day? to Granbury uh, with my stepmom and my nana. You went to Round Rock a week two, or two prior. Austin two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Yeah, it was nice. Um, we went out to eat and then went back to my nana's house and just kind of sat and caught up. And it was a lovely day. It was beautiful weather. This was on Sunday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How about you? We went to uh, Macero Prestonwood, the three of us, my mom and my dad and myself. Yeah. And uh, Meredith and I got a little, uh, I wouldn't call it a bouquet. It came in like a cool, like a um, little pail, like a mm-hmm. ceramic pail, like just a yeah. floral arrangement. So we got her that and uh, dad took her out to uh, Macero Prestonwood. We sat on the, the golf course out there on the patio and. They were they were hopping out there, um, lots of pretty people, and so we had a nice little, nice little lunch brunch, and um, and kicked it. So that's great, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was great fun. I played golf on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I got demolished. Yeah. Like, I uh, I just played terribly. So dang, it was one of those situations where like at the end of the round there was no sitting around and like you know, tallying up scores or like looking at the scorecard, like, okay, mm-hmm. so you took the front nine, I took the back nine and you went overall. It was like, I just went to my car defeated and Venmo. We didn't even talk about what I owed him. I just Venmoed him the maximum <laughs> amount of money I could lose in a round. And, uh, dang, but so, this time, instead of putting the little golf emoji, I included it as the caption. Thanks for mowing my lawn. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry, champ. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, again, it's You'll Venmo. It's one of those things where, like, we've traded the same money back and forth for yeah. the entirety of our gambling history with one another. Yeah. Oh, um, we've been kind of talking about the last dance, but uh, I came across this. I'm not current. So I know. No spoilers. I know. I'm not. I think I'm on episode eight. Um, this has nothing to do with basketball. It has to do with um, Michael Jordan playing golf. And so avid golf fan and player yeah um all right so here it is once your wi-fi connects to hold what are you looking for this uh this story that i had read about michael jordan uh we all know that the dude liked to gamble um like to (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is from uh gary lineker um he's a sports writer 
And he was telling this story about a time that he played golf with Michael Jordan. So it was on a Thursday night and he gets a call from his agent and um, his agent says, uh, Michael Jordan's people are on the line and he wants to go play at Sunningdale. And um, this Gary guy, he's a member of this club. And so he knows that there has to be a club member in order to bring in guests. And so there's three of them. Um, it's Michael and two of his basketball friends and they come in on a Sunday and, uh, Gary's like, you know, if it's a Sunday, they can't play without a member, but I can host them. And so Saturday night he gets a call and it's, uh, his agent again. And the agent's like, well, now there's six of them, two more friends than Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) And the guy's like, uh, okay, well I'll need to find another member. And so he calls his friend. Uh, who was a former European tour player. He's like, hey, buddy, you want to play golf with MJ and <laughs> Yeah, Samuel you free? L? And he's like, thankfully, he was available. Um, so they get there um, to Sunningdale, and they're like, the club pro was like, your guests have arrived. They're, they're on the putting green. And so there they were, the six of them. It was the five giant basketball players and Samuel L. Jackson all just kind of uh, sitting around and joking. And um, now the Gary's friend... Uh, he liked to bet on golf and he was a bit of a hustler. So they're all standing there uh, whenever he brings up. So Michael, would you like, uh, would you like to bet like a little wager? And Michael says, sure, man. And the guy's like, so how much would you like to play for? And Michael, he gives a little puff on a cigar, looks him straight in the eyes and says, whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, man. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great Michael Is Jordan. Is this the hustler that they referenced in the show? I don't, do you I remember don't, that? I do remember, and I don't think it's the same What hustler. a strange concept yeah. that you could like kind of be a miscreant that is really good at golf because that's the whole play, though, man. Like, If you're a basic white guy like me, the whole plan is make enough money that you can buy a home on a golf course with a country club and yeah. get membership like Colonial or any of these other places that would attract people that are, you know, in town and they would want to play. Um, because that, to think about getting to go around the links like yeah. all day with Michael Jordan and Samuel L. Jackson and then just retreat to walk over to your patio and have a cold lemonade and the fireplace is already going and yeah, you walk into this mega mansion. I, it's like you want to live in Jupiter, Jupiter Florida. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about this on this show? No. I actually did some research on this the other day. Like Jupiter, Florida is just known as like the professional golf mecca of the United States. Like so many of these guys lived at like I think Ricky Fowler has a place down there. Tiger Woods uh, kind of made it famous apparently. Okay. Rory McIlroy lives there, Justin Thomas. Um, and so now certain people like Michael Jordan just purchased uh, a property in Jupiter, Florida oh, wow. and is going, there's like two famous clubs right around that, that area of Florida yeah. that all of the professional golfers play at. And so they end up facing each other. Like during COVID, for instance, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan went against world number one, Brooks Kepska, Brooks Kepka, excuse me, uh, in a money round <laughs> and beat him. Dang. So Brooks was talking trash on the 16th hole and Michael needed to, I, I don't know if he needed to beat him by a stroke on each of the last two, but he he had negotiated strokes, it yeah. sounded like, but they had money on it. And that's how these guys have been keeping going down there is like one-on-one rounds where they have money on it or like pride, they'll Instagram it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Michael Jordan ended up taking Brooks Kepka like that's, recently, like within the last couple of weeks type deal. Athlete. That's so cool. What a man. 
I feel like we're getting even better access to celebrities now that it's like, hey, is your Cisco WebEx turned on in your home? Like, <laughs> right. where's your portal to the outside world, you know? Yeah. But that's the whole goal. Get to Jupiter, Florida or one of these spots. Uh, I know that. Hey, man, we keep getting sponsors. Hey, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm saying, I'll get, I'll get a, I'll get a property on Saturn, bro. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, I get it. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Get a property in Uranus, uh, Brad. <laughs> on Uranus, I mean. <laughs> Moving on. Right. We're, we have a podcast. We got a podcast. We here. got a podcast here. Are you a cop? <laughs> Not a cop. <laughs> uh, never gets old for oh. me. Dope, dude. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize oh. that Alex's birthday was on Mother's Day. Yeah, Shout out so to him. Alex's birthday was on Mother's Day, and his wife's birthday was two days later. Uh, so yeah, happy uh, birthday, Rochelle. Yesterday, what's today? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Yeah, I We're guess her birthday is early. the day after. Yeah. We're doing it a day early this week because of why? Um. So tomorrow. Uh, at the school at which I work at, our principal is leaving, and so we're secretly recording a farewell video for him. From like, <laughs> well, it, this podcast is going worldwide <laughs> like twenty four hours prior to that. Yeah, he doesn't listen though. No. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I have students that listen, so so cats yeah. out of the bag. Yeah, y'all better shut up. Um, I yeah. haven't entered in your final grades yet. Yeah. And show up to Zoom on time, kids. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm pretty much done. Like uh, you had commented like because uh, I was out swimming yesterday and I can't remember. You made some like kind of sly comment like I was working hard or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I think I said tough life. Yeah, tough life. And something like that. Because um, I know you ribbed me that, you know, I don't work long hours. But well, when I'm just in a pod all <laughs> day yeah. just taking it from all sides and i see you out mm. on the slip and slide oh, with this dude. beautiful woman yeah i'm like who is this guy like, <laughs> just living my dream <laughs> i'm like what do i need to do to teach history <laughs> <laughs> i mean take a couple more classes at swo buddy <laughs> okay uh, yeah. all right. um no uh, but right now is the calm before the storm because all three of my classes um well technically six classes because they're divided um they're split in half, but all of my students are going to be turning in essays for their final because they're doing distance ed. I didn't feel comfortable giving them like a short answer or multiple choice because I can't tell if they're looking up the answers or, um, or, you know, have their, have their phone off to the side of the camera. So I just felt that it would be best if I had them all do personal, well, not personal essays, but uh, in all three classes, we have finished uh, stories and we've gone over literary terms. So they're going to incorporate that within their essays. So I will be grading those um, beginning Thursday. They're, the first wave is submitted on Thursday. So, uh, oh, so that's going to be a lot of essays. Oh, okay. So the slip and slide will have to wait till three? I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, 245 probably. I mean. You're like, there's a multi-phased approach to five page essays that I have to read. I mean, you're like, down, what if you're, I have to do you're downplay, you're downplaying it. What you're if I have to read it. two a day and they're five pages each? How many so students it takes do you think I hour. How many students do you think I have? Uh, well, 30 per class and you teach every like uh, all how many grades? It's like all of them. It's like uh, probably 20 per half. So close to 40 students. Uh, oh, shoot. So 180 essays. You're not good at math. 
Okay. Um, you lost me. You're having things, uh, and I'm like, how many students you got? Um, let's see, 40, 80, so 120, not 180. 120. Yeah. 120 papers? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Do you not have some sort of AI program that you can just plug that into and like? So I do have one that uh, checks for like plagiarism. Um, but other than that, like I still have to grade it. Like I have a rubric that I go through and, you know, make sure that their entire body matches what they said in their thesis and uh, just that everything's grammatically correct. So right on. Yeah. I used to hate the fine print of like bibliography and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I got to check their citation stuff. pages. And yeah, I had to do, you know, I got off lucky. Like, I feel like uh, peers, you know, have done 50 and 100 page papers. And I want to say that my senior honors thesis was still only like 30 or 40 pages. Yeah. So I feel like that's the longest paper that I've ever had to write, which is not that big of a deal, hmm. especially compared to like PhDs and. You know, I feel like if you go to law school and different things like that, like you could easily write a paper that's like a hundred plus pages, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I always felt like a wimp compare comparatively. Yeah. The most I ever, I think the longest paper I ever did was like 20 pages. So dang I, dude. And you're like a master's student now. <laughs> I did get accepted. I got my acceptance uh, letter today. So, oh snap. Yeah. Your boy is Congrats, moving dude. up. Thanks man. Trying moving on up. Trying out here. All right. It's hard out here for a pimp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my pimp degree at SWAU. That's right. So I can teach pimp in a CTA. I don't think that's how it um, goes. Yeah, it's probably not appropriate. Oh, oh, you. Oh. <laughs> I mean. You got your bleeper machine working today, Brad? <laughs> you like, you're like a. You're like a wildlife video where one of the animals <laughs> lures the other animal to the side and then like and laughs whenever gets it gets them. trapped or whatever. Yeah. You know, like you're like that dumb rabbit <laughs> and I'm like the sly fox, but you, you got me this one time. <laughs> yeah. The tortoise in the air, baby. All right. Let's go to your list, buddy. What do you got to talk about? Um, well, Let's first, talk, actually, real quick, uh, before you do that, <laughs> okay. before I you do what I prompted you to do, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've now decided it's one of those episodes. Got it. <laughs> Brad and I are walking. All right, guys, strap in. We're like, man, these episodes really range. Like <laughs> last week, I feel like we did so hot. Like oh, everything was, like... was just crisp and the song and original yeah, music. Man. Like and if submissions. it was a, if it was a film, like the cinematography was just. Amazing, yeah. you know. It was like that last scene from uh, what? What is the movie that they make in Entourage where Vinny is doing the Scorsese movie and that Saigon song uh, comes on? Was it? Did it have Brooklyn like, in it or something? Yeah, so I don't uh, know, something like that. It's something to do. With I remember New York. he did Medellin, but I can't remember. It was after the, I can't remember the. Brooklyn. I think this was his first big break back. If George Rosa is listening to this, he'll definitely <laughs> yeah. know because he and I personally watched Entourage. I think all the way through like twice together. Nice. And that was not the only times that we'd watched it. Yeah. So we love, he always called me Ari Gold from that. And I, oh, we always called good. him bro. Cause yeah. he was like Johnny drama. Yeah. Uh, love that guy. You're, you're Jeremy Piven to me. <laughs> Thanks man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what short and full of mer mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Just you get the deal done. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine you yelling to get the deal done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 
No. Anyway. Nobody's ever sworn on a sales floor, Brad. Yeah, so not but, to toot our own horns, but we did a great job last week. So guaranteed we're going to fail this <laughs> week. Yeah. This, this is going to be a swing and a miss. Um, no, going back real quick, I didn't – so episode seven of Last Dance, I didn't recall exactly when – and how the whole baseball interlude had occurred because yeah. I was like four years old when that occurred, yeah, like I three a and a half, four. Right. So that really crystallized for me, like, oh yeah, the passing of his. I knew the, he played not baseball. The, passing, the murder of his dad. Man, I didn't remember that part. No, I didn't either. I was like, that's heavy yeah. AF. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I cannot believe that. Yeah. And because he was obviously stunting. Uh, like his son, yeah. Um, he got murdered, you know, basically for his possessions, right? And then for and why like, did they news beat up the car? I don't know. Why would you jack the car? But it's just crazy to me that a lot of those news articles were trying to blame Michael for his father's death, like saying, "Oh, well, he had a gambling problem. Could is he the one that like is this his fault?" And like that's just sick. I thought that was just foreshadowing for what happens right now. Like the media is terrible right now. Oh yeah, everybody does yeah. that right now. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it just goes to show. It, you know, media was nasty back then. There's just more outlets today. But they were kind of characterizing it like, look at these journalists act like they're on social media as yeah. basic users writing these smear tactic yeah. articles. I will say one clever headline that was kind of poking at Michael Jordan whenever during his baseball era, uh, whenever he wasn't doing so hot, uh, was Error Jor- Jordan mm. instead of Air Jordan. I thought that was. Yeah, I thought that was that was nice. I don't know. I, I feel like error Jordan. I've never really hated on a dynasty or uh, the star of a dynasty because yeah. ultimately, growing up and even to this day, I want to be that person. Like right. I want to be Derek Jeter. I want to be Tom Brady. Yeah. I want to be Tiger Woods. I want to be Michael Jordan or LeBron. Yeah. Like who does not? So when people hate on them. I a straight view it as like insecurity and just like something yeah. to talk about. Well, people are always like, you know, rooting for the underdog. So whenever they finally get up to be the best ever, uh, now it's like they're preying on their downfall, you know. But one of the journalists made a good point that everybody loves, you know, an up and comer. They love even a back to back can be a sweetheart story. But the minute you win three in a row, <laughs> it's like, or, oh, OK, you know, people start to hit. And it's exactly what happened to the Patriots. Yep. It happened to the Yankees. Um, happened to the Cowboys. Yeah, you know we're hated. I love that. You know, can't bring wait it, to get back it, out baby. there. Um, I need to get. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get a CD Lamb jersey like here in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Represent early. Yeah, Are you gonna get a second phone too. <laughs> <laughs> Snatch that away. Um, my agent's on the line for the podcast. So anyway, I thought that, and then the fact that it's crazy that baseball went on strike during that particular season i'm just at the point now where like yeah. he's gone back to working out with although it's kind of frustrating during these times because i'm like just do this one sequentially yeah. like if you're gonna do i don't mind flashbacks but like but take this the story like back to apart. present day because yeah. they keep going back to 94 and like now all of a sudden he's retired but then five minutes later you're back in 98 and he's yeah. like def- you know whatever yeah. it i'm does like make i'm it like crazier. so is rodman on the team or not <laughs> like uh, because they keep playing against him, and then it's like, oh, wait, no, and then it shows footage of him on the team, and it's just, uh, yeah, I agree with you. The closer that we get to the time, and we the, don't need a bounce forward. The first time that he retired, he'd only been in the league for maybe not eight, nine years, right? Yeah. And he'd already won three in a row. Three. That's crazy. Yeah. He really was a crazy player. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was cool to see how 
far Scotty and the rest of the team took them in the Eastern Conference yeah, without without him. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a noticeable difference in that. Mm-hmm. They probably could would have won their fourth had he been present, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. That's so difficult to do. The goat. What's up with his eyes? Why are they like I don't yellow? know, man. I want to take them out and wash them. I'm like, why aren't you a little more clear-eyed? Yeah, like get some Visine in your life, bro. I mean, meanwhile, BJ Armstrong looks like the guy that I want to be. Yeah. I'm like, you look great. Fit. You can tell that you can tell he's just an engaged, down-to-earth family man with a bunch of cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. who you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> but some of those guys have like not aged as well as BJ Armstrong. No. That's for sure. No. I think Phil is one of the Given where Phil started, Phil's gotten better looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were old in the 90s, it, it wasn't a good look. Yeah, he's, but, he pulls off that gray to snow white hair, you know. Well, he's really becoming this like, he's like the white uh, um, uh, Morgan Freeman. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Like he gives off that same like grandfather, wise spirit. Yeah. Like I, I've... I've got enough credibility and enough wins under my belt that you would take me seriously, but mm-hmm. I'm also old enough and Zen enough to like, you know, learn from you, me in this rom-com yeah. with you, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but sure. All right, man. Uh, All right. So this past Saturday, I had the privilege of hanging out with Heather laws and her family. Oh snap. You hanged out with your dentist doctor. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. And so to the main top, um, she had actually not been listening, but I received word today that wow. she's been picking back up. Good. Yeah. I think you scared her away with some of your, uh, <laughs> with some of your topics. I, I, wait, with my topics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what? Um, potentially. And we don't need like, cause you can defend it. That's fine. But the, um, the legalization of uh, sex workers, I think. <laughs> I think that one maybe uh, turned her face red is all. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's like stats and, you know, just public health information available to back up that viewpoint. It's not like, oh, sure. I want to go frequent a whorehouse every weekend. But in countries that have legalized sex work, I do feel like statistics show that forced prostitution goes way down because there's an actual market where people can some some people need to do it to make ends meet in their minds Mm. they should whatever you want to do with your body for work should be up to you in a free and independent society and also i feel like if incels could have a a more normal avenue to relieve themselves uh maybe there'd be fewer unabombers i think that whenever prostitution is not forced into a back alley you can test it you can regulate it you can make sure that people are safe you can make sure that there's no forced prostitution i think it would cut down on like underage trafficking Mm -hmm. and different things like that plus not to mention you could tax it and regulate it and you know i I don't know i mean i get where she's coming from 100 percent because if you told me that that would be my viewpoint when i was 10 or 15 in the church it would have been like well that's a moral thing that like i can't get behind right yeah there's a lot of things that i'm i'm pro or i'm for in terms of legislation that i'm not morally standing behind like i'm not saying like i'm i'm extremely uh well i don't want to get into that (laughs) that's fine (laughs) um i'm also pro legalization of drugs for many of the same reasons the minute that you eliminate a black market suddenly fewer heads are being blown off yeah you know there's less blood in the game um it's more out in the open it's like when you when you make abortion illegal 
more back alley abortions mm -hmm. end up happening, you know, right. and people are forced into situations that when they clamp down on the latest round of legislation or, or states rights with it. And, you know, we've seen kind of the reduction of services available in certain states to women that, you know, need need uh, health care as well as, you know, um, abortion services. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like an 11 year old was going to have to carry a child to term and like wow. that kind of stuff is wrong. That is a child, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. 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 So I'm pro all of those things, but if you're constantly on meth and a whore and getting abortions, like all of the things that I'm, you could line them all up. It's yeah. like, that's not what I want for your life. That's not a proper lifestyle choice. Yeah. Even morally and all of that aside, that's not safe. That's not healthy. That's not going to lead to longer term success and happiness. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's Let's just go. not advisable. Yeah. Um, I get, I totally but get what that's, you're So she tuned out because I said that? That's perhaps, but I mean, she, she she's also a kids? busy, she's also a busy woman. I, th yeah, I think her, uh, at least one of her sons has listened as well. So what age, um, he is a couple years out of high school, I think out of high school. Yeah. Okay. So I can't like, remember when he graduated. She, she wasn't sitting around with like a five-year-old. No, but okay. Yeah. I mean, teach their own. I mean, yeah, I say a lot of things on the show that I literally <laughs> lay awake at night and I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do want to circle back and just say thank you, Heather, for uh, tuning back in. And um, she was telling my dad that uh, she thought it was kind of cool uh, to listen. She right now she's at the uh, whenever COVID had first like started becoming a thing uh, back in March, whenever we had first talked about it. And she's like, it's kind of crazy, like now that we're a few months in going back to whenever it was first happening and kind of like reliving that. So that was kind of cool from her, like seeing our uh, viewpoint. Cause change. she was listening to the older podcast. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That it's an interesting timestamp. I had somebody text me that they had listened to like episode 19 recently with mm -hmm. a big religious rant. And I can't, <laughs> I can't remember which episode where certain things happened anymore. Yeah. So I went back and listened to some of that and it was crazy because it did feel and sound like such a distinctly different time but because this is weekly it was just a couple months ago right. basically like it was it was not that long ago yeah and it's incredible how many things hadn't changed and how many things like had definitely changed right i don't know wild times we're just th this podcast crystallizes for me like time passing and just time is passing by so quickly yeah uh something that happened i was thinking like that just happened like late last year why is that like eight months ago now you right. know yeah i think we <laughs> recorded the first episode maybe a week before or a week into my first week of teaching i want to say okay. it was like september 28 something like that okay so uh, i guess a couple weeks in but you know we're our, like not not too much longer we'll be, have been doing this for a year well we're on episode 32, 32 i guess so i guess 20 more i feel like we've been getting uh so, sorry, did that conclude your thoughts? Well, I, yeah, and I just wanted to say shout out, Heather. It was awesome seeing you and Blaine, and uh, it was just great catching up with you. Like, Heather, she's just the funniest, like, kindest person, and man, she like, I don't know. Her sense of humor matches mine, and so we, we were just laughing the day away, and um, so that was just a lot of fun. Uh, so I appreciate you for having us out there, Heather, and I hope to see you again soon, and hope uh, we don't uh, scare you away uh, anymore. And um, that's awesome all that shout out heather yeah and i appreciate 
you know, the candid feedback, like this yeah. is the specific reason I kind of tuned out or maybe didn't listen to, you know, because I don't, I don't ever mean to offend and I'm not right about probably half the things that I talk about. So like you should definitely like hit us up. Like we, I want this to be a, a conversation and, you know, again, some of the listener snippets that we've had, you know, with different viewpoints have enlightened me. Yeah. Um, so Agreed. I don't, I don't profess to have it all right. Um, but I guess it's one of those things where it's like, was, is the topic material too risque for the show or was my viewpoint on the more risque? Let's, let's not even call it risque in this scenario. Was it too risque for the podcast? Was my viewpoint not right? Mm, you know, yeah. like what was, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, asking yeah. you almost like for um, your taste, I guess. I mean, me personally, I'm kind of with you as far as like, that's not something that I would do, but it's your body. You should be able to do whatever you want with it as long as it's not hurt, harming anyone else. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on that, but I'm asking more about like the topics on this show because some weeks it's like, well, Hey, basketball and baseball. And we don't have any of that right now. Right. So sometimes we get into like some crazy stuff. Like what we talked about, consent and different things like yeah. that last week and, sometimes... and i mean and i'm all for having those difficult discussions um for me sometimes i have to toe the line like i know some of my high school students are listening um and you know so i want to be like if it were just for us you know we could joke around and we know that when we're joking and when we're being serious but whenever we tackle certain topics like that like i know i have to really watch um what i say because i don't want to slip up because after the episode, I can be like, you know what? I, d I didn't really think that, and I could have said that better. But to whoever was listening, they're only going to hear that, and we don't get to talk about it exactly. afterwards. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I there there was a segment even last week where we were discussing some, some rough topic material, mm -hmm. and I had felt as though I had been more vigorous in one stance's direction mm -hmm. than I felt like was portrayed on the actual show. And, you know, it's just weird how, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the things that I'm saying and about the things that I'm thinking, <laughs> right? You know, Dude, and, and, and you cannot, you and I narrative can, is not available as soon, as soon as we hit uh pause and we upload this episode, you and I can continue a topic and be like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right about that. And like the more I think about it after an episode, my, my thoughts can change on, on any, on any subject or. Or I've found a way to say it better. Like, or how many times have we come out of the closet and literally there's new trending stuff on Twitter where yeah we record in the closet, guys. We're not. We're, yeah, yeah, we're not gay. Yeah, but, just I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. So I think we have. Okay. I, I think they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't like. <laughs> hey, it's COVID, baby. It's cool to do this now. We were doing it before it was fashionable. All right, bye, Heather. <laughs> no. <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> This is not too thematic. I, I'm just kidding. Too parental discretion advisory. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough, dude. Because it, um, a lot of these topics, like, I don't know what you're going to bring up. You don't know what I'm going to bring up. And so sometimes I on know air, that you're going to try to trap me every episode, though. <laughs> every episode. Not to make you look bad. Just, no, to, just, just to, to throw watch you, me dance. Just to throw you off guard. Kind of like uh, the improv show that we watch together, you know, just yeah, just um, just for comedic value. But. Um, yeah, sometimes we don't know the topics that we're going to be talking about beforehand. And so we're literally thinking mm, of it for time. the first time in real time 
and you guys are hearing that. Yeah, it's very, very vulnerable and <laughs> ill-advised. Yeah, <laughs> not for the thing. Yeah, we don't edit. Uh, we edited what episode two? Whenever like a word slipped. I think um, it was episode four. Okay, I, I went four whole episodes. That's where. Other than that, we have not ever like cut anything out. Oh no, never that we've recorded. So. No, we've, it's always, this is always unabated. Yeah, you get it flaws and all. Yeah, well, I mean, how would you edit what's currently going on? Uh, I could do it. Okay. I mean, you had to do it that one time. <laughs> Next time, we're just going to leave it in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Let them fly. Like, I mean, we're getting paid now, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, K-Bebe yeah. doesn't care about clean or explicit. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess our content will be driven by... Who's funding us? It is it is difficult, though, I'm because joking. some of these topics are not things that you would necessarily want to discuss with your grandmother or your mom or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, like different, more conservative audiences. But and we come from a certain cloth, right, where, yeah. you know, we both were raised in the way that we were raised. We have a lot of listeners that are of that kinship. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's shocking if you last saw me in the Keen Church 10 years ago getting my diploma or something, you know. Mm-hmm or having visitation or whatever it is. Um, and then you hear me talking about, well, I think sex work should be legalized. Like, yeah, yeah. that seems like a, a big jump, right? Yeah. Um, to me, it's just, you know, it's been 10 years. Like I have, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you going to chime in? <laughs> oh, no. well, I mean, like, I, I, I'm saying I get that it's just difficult for me because when a business person tells me that they listened, I just shudder and I'm like, oh, this is more of a personal thing. But then at the same time, like everything is personal. Yeah. You know, ev- the, the way that you do everything is personal. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I think uh, in a different sense, but kind of the same um, wavelength, like me starting out teaching and compared to me five years later now, um, my view has completely changed on education and what we're lacking in education. And um, I know that, you know, my first year I would be in rooms with people and I would not voice my opinion. And now like I feel empowered to do so and I, it might rub people the wrong way or uh, whatever it may be. And, you know, I can come on here and talk about uh, what I'm upset with, uh, you know, about the conference that I work for. And admittedly, I would say that, you know, if they were asking me and we were in the same room. So, um, I, I think the older that we get and, and the more we think about these certain topics, like, you know, we become, I don't know, um, my views in some ways in education has become jaded and, uh, you know, I've talked about that here and there and that's why, uh, I kind of got my master's or I'm getting my master's in educational leadership because I want to be part of that change. Um, the future yeah. of education is bright with you at the leadership helm. Um, I'm hoping so. I want I, I, I know it can come across as naive, like oh, this starry-eyed, doe-eyed boy um, thinks he can, you know, change what's going on and change this cold machine. But um, I definitely think that you know, if there's enough people that want to make a positive difference, then we can. I know that's kind of going off on a tangent, and I didn't mean to stray away from what we were talking about, but. No, I think I, you got that. Okay. I think you're a natural born leader. And I think that people are relieved when you're like, oh, yeah, like, I know I can lead and I'm trying to get better at leading and I'm going to lead. And the people are like, oh, you already realized that? That's great. <laughs> we were already like slating you for that, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
Um, You've been approached at the collegiate level for leadership positions prior to any of this. Yes. So it, people were already sourcing the talent that they saw in you. Um, and, you know, no shade to like a, a less organized teacher maybe, um, but the disheveled guy that is super into history mm-hmm. and, you know, can't tuck a shirt in or hold a meeting no, you're none of those things. You're a more well-rounded individual. You're not some English geek, right? Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. You're you're the English and you're the English teacher that can also lead the basketball team, lead the student body, worship service, or whatever. Like you're very well-rounded. And my bottom line, I guess, is that people see the credibility that you have with your kids in all of these different lenses. Yeah. Whether it's on the basketball court or the stage or the classroom mm-hmm. or even over Zoom. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but just to kind of go back to initially that topic and, and me standing beside you and what you said, um, there are a lot of things that I think, you know, is your decision whether or not I agree with it. Um, you know, I believe that there's a heaven. I believe that there's a God. And so I'm living my life that way. Um, but not everybody believes that. And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. They just have different beliefs and they want to live their life differently. And as long as it doesn't infringe on my rights, then I guess have at it, you know? Well, for sure. I think that's, I mean, that's where I start at, right? I think that the point that I was trying to make or, or maybe ask about as it related to like Heather and mm-hmm. extrapolating out to other, like admittedly that we have this weird audience that is like, you know, teaching All professionals, over. friends, yeah. uh, people that we've been out to church with, out to bars with, you know, out to everything in between. And so it's it's this weird amalgamation of society where my question was less with the stance that I took on any mm-hmm. particular issue or just the fact that, you know, certain people might think like, oh, the boys shouldn't be talking about like abortion on the show or yeah. uh, legalization of drugs or no. some of the weird, pol- you know, political societal topics that yeah. I don't think that's where she was coming from. And I don't think any of our listeners like knowing us would want to censor us. Um, it just but at the be, same time, it just may not be their cup of tea, you know? Well, and it's kind of your entry point, right? Like if yeah. you don't know us too well, and then you come in on the first episode and we're just mm-hmm. like, Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. what Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like, <laughs> and then we were raised strange and you know, we just go into all these yeah. like really intense topics. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of information that we divulge as well, you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure about our, our outlook. And in many ways, I think that's all I've ever wanted was for my outlook to be heard in, mm-hmm. in many ways um, or just be able to reason it out loud with other people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think at this point for our friends and family to listen, like, uh, I mean, they know they, us better they, now than yeah, ever. And, and arguably like we don't, get the same from them you know that's the weird thing like i was thinking about that we satiate some people's (laughs) outreach to us with this show yeah like i i was thinking like shelly had texted me on saturday um they were going to the park again and stuff Mm -hmm. and i hadn't really talked to them all week since the last time i'd seen them at the park and then i got to thinking today she's current on the show and i'm thinking like these all these people spend two hours a week with us that we don't spend with them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And in some ways, I I miss 
them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we still need out. We, yeah, like <laughs> don't hold back on your like, text. You know what's up with us, but I still want to hear from you. What's yeah, going on? Where's with you, your man? podcast? Yeah. Send us your Zoom yeah. call. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not not any shade or anything. It's just no. more like it's an it's just interesting. Like we thing. truly do care to to know from you, like to hear from you and and learn more from our peers and family. Well, and at this point, like maybe it was a more strained you know, show format at different times or whatever. But this is truly a conversation where we're riffing off the top with one another. It, yeah. This is a conversation between the two of us. Right. And then the the recording is like a byproduct, mm-hmm. collateral goodness. Why are you laughing? I'm just grinning. <laughs> Why? I'm just, I'm just saying. Poor K. No reason, man. All right. Cool. Okay, so the podcast is a middleman. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done talking about okay. it. It's, it's stupid. It. Well, we appreciate you listening and uh yeah yeah for sure cool <laughs> shout out to heather <laughs> yeah love you heather jesus jesus we are um it's hard to make every product that comes out of you like you have your work product you have your your friend product like your societal product where this is my societal standing these are my groups that i can go to big dinners with or uh, call on like these are my first degree connections and this is my extended network and mm-hmm. when you have a podcast and you've had multiple jobs and you're trying to also carve out like I say legacy sometimes but really it's just like I'm hoping that I'm going to contribute something out of the ordinary to everybody else in this world yeah and not just be a taker right of sorts and so it's been a it, part of it is a lot to do with my current role where I'm like you know being in a startup can be a lot. It can mm-hmm. be overbearing and you can exert yourself and it's hard to try to maintain your personal sanity sometimes and, and maintain pers- personal space or boundaries for certain things, but also be demonstrate all the gumption in the world for the startup. And yeah. many times it's like, well, if not I, then who like, and really if we could view our work as a mission and like, doesn't matter how long it takes like this is the outcome that i'm looking for i'm just really i'm trying to harness even through the last dance like you know they they didn't take a day off during 92 93 you know when they were going back to back with barcelona and then trying to win three championships in a row like that was you were always michael jordan yeah and that was a brief span of time because now he's in the jupiter crib playing golf all day chilling behind (laughs) gates you know away from the public yeah and but back then he he was always on and i just think about these extraordinary men and women that are called into action for a specific thing like dr fauci he's mm-hmm. working 24 hours a day 7 days a week but this is his moment like he's going to write a book after this he's already going to retire like he's right. been at that office for 36 years this is his crowning moment mm-hmm. they're going to make a movie about the man a mini series a documentary and a book he's going to be a filthy millionaire <laughs> and live in happiness the rest of his life yeah. and he should god bless him Uh, But I just think about these extraordinary circumstances where it's like, you know, I'm in this rigid stance sometimes where it's like, I want a weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. I want. And then I'm thinking, wow, how luxurious and like immature of you that, you know, you don't even have a wife or a kid. It's like where you're devoting time to patching up the house or like taking the kid for a while, you know, whatever whatever domestic chores that you would have to be doing. It's like, you just need two days to goof off, you know? Mm -hmm. And really just, I don't know, you're on a mission. And 
the way that you live the next five years could dictate how you live the next 60. Yep. Very true. Yeah. That's why I'm, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm trying to get a head start and, you know, continue my education and, um, yeah, man, uh, you got a house to buy. Yeah. Working on it. Got a, got a future to plan. So working on that. Um, anything else regarding that? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I figured we could have one more difficult, uh, topic. (laughs) As Um, if on cue. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you've been following the story of Ahmad Arbery and, uh, Ooh, yeah. And, um, you know, him being murdered. Uh, and I've seen on social media, like a lot of our black friends are, are, are upset and they feel like the, you know, that, you know, we don't, they don't have the support from their white friends. You know, I saw somebody post like, you know, I haven't seen a single one of my white friends, you know, bring this up and, uh, I don't want to be that person and I don't want to be complacent. And, you know, it's just another new story and we've seen this before and we're getting exhausted of talking about, uh, you know, the murders of, of, uh, innocent black men. And so, uh, I just wanted to bring it up and maybe share a little bit, um, of my thoughts. So Arbery, you know, he was 25. He was jogging, uh, in Georgia in a neighborhood when he was fatally shot by, uh, Gregory McMichael, who was 64 years old and his son, Travis, um, they claimed that it looked like um, he was a he looked like a suspect that was in a series of recent break-ins, and they took it upon themselves to be vigilantes. And uh, they knew that he was jogging. There was somebody. Uh, there was a video circulating on social media of him being shot, which is sickening. There was somebody in a car following him, and there's a truck up ahead, um, and the men have. Uh, have uh, a handgun and a shotgun and they start shooting at him. Um, It's apparent that this was, you know, premeditated and that they had already planned on doing it because there's a recording of it, you know, Um, which is gross. Well, did the recording come from their camp or who was that person following? um, Let's see. William Roddy Bryan, who was a bystander, according to his attorney. Um, and now he's, you know, apologizing first and foremost, I'm sorry for the family, uh, for like leaking the video. Um, it says he has no relationship to them and he was asked why he didn't call, uh, nine one one. And, uh, he didn't have an immediate response other than to note that the police sirens were audible almost immediately. Um, so he was claiming that like, Oh, you know, he heard the police coming, so he didn't feel a need to call nine one one. Um, well, you know that the father was a former special investigator for the DA's office, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of thoughts on this. Um, first of all, the video is horrifying. Have you watched it? I, I, I watched it because I didn't know what it was. It had just popped up on my timeline and, you know, I was seeing what was going on. The caption did not tell me what was going to be happening within this video. So yeah, I watched it and I, I saw him. Uh, I saw him die. <laughs> it, terrible, man. It, um, yeah, yeah. It started shedding tears, and uh, yeah, it was. It's it's just a disgusting, disgusting thing. Like regardless um, of whether or not you think he was actually 
uh, breaking into to a home and, and robbing in, in broad daylight, um, that's not the route to go. If you had the foresight to grab your guns and go stand out in the street, then you could have had the foresight to call the police and let them handle business. And I'm not saying the police always get it right, but that's much better than just somebody from a neighborhood coming out with a gun uh, trying to be a, a hero, which he was far from it. They were far from it. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if you walked into their home and found a Confederate flag or two somewhere because the way that that video was shot, the way that I saw that video uh, was just like, first of all, First of all, I saw the mug shots, and the second I realized that it was a father and a son, I was like, oh, this is the KKK. Like, yeah. Anytime you see a white father and son involved in a murder, it's like, you know, if I ever you know, am accused of murdering someone, I guarantee you my dad will have nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, It's just freaky to me. It's like it's like that incestual country yep. like this is our land like it, it mm-hmm. scares me as a white person like it's something to, it's almost like fear of those rural whites you know like yeah it, it's a weird thing um but the minute i saw the mugshot i was like oh they're guilty this yep. is a hate crime <laughs> but then i watched the video and you know why is why is one guy in the bed of the pickup truck standing up like this is you know, they're like they're searching for escaped convicts in the 30s. Like it right. looked like a scene from *My Brother Where Art Thou*. I just was looking for the chains. Mm-hmm. It was just a strange deal, and they—I think they were pretty brazen, even in their public statements to their lawyers and stuff—that they were blatantly trying to attempt a citizen's arrest, and that he was not complying. And I'm like, um, whoa, whoa, whoa! He doesn't he have to comply have with to. anybody. Yeah, you know, like, you're not you're the just, law. You know, you only have to, you know, comply with a police officer. And right now, both with COVID and with um, like this particular situation, this is, this situation is different and egregious. Um, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I hate that they even give you pause because then the media starts reporting like, oh, here's the video of him like entering the uh, construction lot. And by the way, here are all the priors that this young gentleman jogger had. And it's like, man, is that true? Does that affect my my thought process, but regardless of anything, you know, I do not like these good old white boys that think that they can go out with guns and perform citizens arrests and that people should comply. Like that was, that was the, like I got claustrophobic when I read the, the could not comply. And I can't even imagine what our black friends, especially our black male friends go through where you are a second class citizen and it's like your chances of being detained in cuffs are tenfold what mine are. I'm going to be at most asked to stand at the back of the car. Yep. I'm not going to be cuffed. I've seen this happen. I had a house party one time. Um, uh, I'll just tell this story. Okay. I had a house party one time. I was 21 years old. I had my first apartment in the shops at Legacy. Many of our listeners were there. Shout out. <laughs> it, was, it was a rager. It was great. Um, and the cops got called. And so they came in and they were really intent on finding the drugs. And it was funny. uh, There were no drugs. I kept telling them, I'm like, there are no drugs. I was like, we're all of age. I said, we are drinking, um, but we're all of age. And this is a noise complaint. I'll save you the time. And they wear the drugs and they searched that apartment high and low. They couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, I was detained in front of the apartment and like clockwork, I think that there were four Hispanic gentlemen, mm-hmm. friends of mine, 
at the party. All of them were zip tied. Wow. Okay. No white person was detained in any way, shape, or form. Every Mexican was zip tied, and then they did oral searches of all of them. Yeah. It was the most racist thing, like the most profile yeah. thing. And this kind of thing has got to, like, it's got to stop. Like, yeah. I don't know what the deal is. And I mean, it, yeah. I think vulgar. an issue is, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, I'm not racist because I would never shoot a black man. But there's such a thing as subtle racism. And, uh, if you engage in subtle racism, then you're a part of the problem. Um, and, and just, you know, that being carried on from family members and, you know, just going down the family tree, like you may just be subtly racist and make, uh, sly comments to your other white friends or whoever you feel comfortable saying that to, but the person that you're teaching to be racist, um, they may not be so subtle about it down the line. So you just even engaging in that type of conversation, um, it, it's, it's not, it's not okay. It's disgusting. So and uh, it's training them on a worldview that is not actually widely held, you know, right. like you look to your family members and, you know, peers and your leaders in formative years to show you like, how do I act in the world? What is the rest of the world? Like, like, give me a varied experience here. And when you present a racist narrative to a younger person and then that person gets out in the world and they're like, wait a second, there's races of all kinds and everybody's out here and everybody is nice. And like, you know, I've, I've met like it, it doesn't give them a, a real indicator of what life will be like mm -hmm. and how it should be lived. And it, it, it not only is it morally wrong, I'm, I'm going as far as to say it's like presenting antiquated information to your kids you know yeah. what i mean like it's like it's gonna hobble them or disadvantage right. them so but to even go further than this case the whole rule good old white boy with a shotgun in the bed of his pickup truck scares me mm -hmm. like i don't want them thinking that they can perform a citizen's arrest on anybody at gunpoint mm -hmm. unless someone is in imminent danger yeah. unless they're unless they've just assaulted your daughter and are running out of your home or something like that, mm -hmm. where you it's so closely linked to the fact. Yeah, and it's so clear. This, about this guy could have robbed whatever he could have had the pistol on him for all we yeah. cared in this scenario. And you know, don't intervene. Yep. I don't know. Um, so I had actually written out just a little bit because I know sometimes just thinking off the cuff, I don't always say what I want to. So I wanted to be intentional in saying this. Um, the minute we see people as mere categories rather than individuals made in the Im image of God, we've already lost. When we brush off the racial judgments we make ourselves or that others make because they aren't hateful, we allow the seeds of these murders to remain in the cultural soil. Uh, I've too often let those things go, and I wish I had spoken up earlier, but um, I'm mourning the loss of Ahmad, and I feel for his mother having to go through this past Mother's Day without her child. Um, and to all those moms who fear for the lives of their own children because racism continues to exist and be tolerated, and to all of my friends and family of color, uh, I'm sorry for not working harder with you to fight racism in all its forms. And I'm with you, and so I just wanted to use um, you know, our platform to put that out there and say that we stand with you and uh, all that. That's great. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I share those those viewpoints and right. Um, like, because I know we crack jokes on here, and sometimes you know it's just like, oh, two white guys. You know, sometimes we talk about Trump and the things that he's doing right, but um, at the end of the <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean. So I, I want it to be clear to whoever's listening to know that you know that's something that I know I don't stand for, and I know that you don't either. And so I just I want to bring that to oh, the yeah. table. And, I know we rant against political correctness, and I do mm-hmm. at least sometimes, and um. You, you probably, based on certain episodes, wouldn't perceive me as the most woke person ever, but as a very general starting point, right. we are all created yes. equal. And at a very, even at a very general starting point, if you have a gun in this country, that, that is for more reactive measures. It's for target shooting, hunting, and defending your home and your property. It is not for proactive street measures. It's not to be a vigilante, regardless of the race of person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you are a white father and son in Georgia and you look the way that you look and you're shooting unarmed black men from the bed of a pickup truck, you look like the Ku Klux Klan. You're going to get charged with a hate crime. It's it's pathetic Hopefully. that it took them this, this, long. this long. And it only did because people you know started circulating on social media and uh because this happened back in february i know i know and i'm i'm concerned man (laughs) they're gonna drag something out on this kid that you're not gonna like you know they already are and you know i'm i am not making an excuse at all i'm talking about the realities here yeah and and regardless let's say let's say he is guilty of something down the line he wasn't guilty in that moment and he had every right to defend himself well, injustice just wasn't pursued or even a fraction carried out by the right yeah. authorities, you know? Yeah. And so. even the police shouldn't have shot him either, right? And the police mm-hmm. should have taken him into peaceful custody if he was under suspicion of... But here's the thing. You match the description of, like, okay, you out here looking for black people? Right. You know, like, every black man between 15 and 35 is a suspect. Yeah. It's like Dave Chappelle's famous joke where he's like, you know, I'd be on the, the police radar. I'd be listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, they come on. All right. All officers in the area be on the lookout for a black male between four, seven and six, eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. so right. Like, yeah. it's so wrong. Yeah. And that's something that we don't have to worry about going about our day. Um, and so we recognize our privilege and uh, we stand with you. Oh, yeah. Like, way way too much privilege yeah it's ridiculous yeah so um but it's crazy because we are getting a more diverse police force like yeah many of the officers that have actually come under fire in the last couple of years for shooting uh civilians were not white yeah you know like many of the freddie gray detectives and police officers were of color yeah and i would say I don't even view the whole police issue as a race thing, but I do view it as a, Hey, you need to be trained to handle these situations without pulling the trigger too quickly. Yeah. We shouldn't even conflate this conversation with police in that. I don't want to correlate these two vigilante gentlemen with, with the, uh, with the police. Although I think that that's part of the cover up here though, because he was a special investigator for the DA's office. You know, the strings were pulled. I think initially, things were said by the DA or whoever it, jurisdiction of this was passed through. I think it was like six or eight different swap outs basically mm-hmm. where people would like recuse themselves and you know, yeah, it's like it has to go to a neighboring County or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. 
you know, it's crazy. I saw somebody post that uh, somebody had put a GoFundMe up for these two proud proud citizens that are just trying to keep our neighborhood safe and like that's gross you know yeah somebody posted it with disgust they weren't like fundraising for it i'm not connected with like i don't follow richard spencer (laughs) okay oh my goodness yeah yeah people are just gross man um it's so unfortunate yeah bigotry is really um uh, not being informed you know it's like it shows a lack of education and and experience because if you've had dinner with a a black family with your white family Mm -hmm. or your hispanic family then there's no way that you could harbor any frustration or or hate towards another group you know what i mean because it's like we're all the same absolutely we're all different but we're all the same yeah yeah and our 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 uniqueness the way the things that make us different uh, make like that's that's a great thing to be different it yeah. all goes this is an interesting thing like does this go back to the tower of babel where you know why would we be set up from a dna pers- like not even a dna perspective like we're hardwired as creatures with a, a dna framework to notice differences mm-hmm. and to be alerted as to different things and so as a child, when if you've never seen a person of another race, for instance, it could be shocking to you when you first come into contact. Right. And, you know, your whole think about that, you know, like, mm-hmm. why is it that it almost seems like nature has programmed us to be so aware of these differences with one another? Like, is this part of the fall from the Tower of Babel? Were we to believe that that is a, a real supernatural event hmm. yeah um and maybe. what was i've never thought about the story from that standpoint because i know the whole point of that there was, was one language before that right and that they were all trying to reach god and there there's theories that uh people from that time they had been very well advanced in technology um and you know they were building this tower to reach god and in you know, it seemed like that they were doing enough work for God to be like, hey, uh, now's not the time for you to see me. So uh, zap. And, you know, he has all of them not be able to understand each other. Um, and so they found their respective tribes and fanned out, essentially. And maybe yeah. that's what created races. And maybe that was around Pangea. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to, like, marry the biblical narrative with, like, the uh, the geological narrative, right. you know, because. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the Grand Canyon, like something happened there. Right. A global flood and yeah. whatever occurred there. Was that actually like an ice age dethawing? Mm-hmm. What, had there been multiple iterations of humans? Like you talk about the the people back in that time being technologically advanced and with a tower to the extent that it was worrying God. You know, yeah. we always picture in our children's books like some tower that, you know, it's yeah, still it's like, like the, a couple the stories Dallas, tall. The Dallas skyline. Yeah, you know? it's like the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if it was really worrying God, like were we in yeah. rocket ships and leaving the world? Yeah, by that I also, point? maybe I said worrying God. I think just like on his radar to be like, hey, I, I think I need to humble you guys. Like, you're only going to see me if I allow you to. And so. Boy, the, the story of Noah's Ark would be much more impactful even if, they had today's technology or even more advanced technology. And then a man with a big old beard was building a wooden ark and saying, come aboard. The world is going to die. And everybody's like in New York city, like with their cell phones, Mm -hmm. like, no, it's not. I'll get in my flying car. And what if that was, 
we've never gotten a brief on like what what their advances were like up until that point right because it was basically just a wipeout you know mm-hmm. the square what, what's it called the back to square one yeah yeah um it'll be interesting to see okay <laughs> <laughs> how are you gonna see it brad it already happened no whenever i'm in heaven man oh okay yeah you're gonna ask we, a bunch of questions asking no, all the questions see, it says in the bible that we're gonna you know watch all throughout uh mankind's history Oh, interesting. And, and see what all went down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the concept of time, like, you know, to us it's been thousands of years since all this stuff happened, but what it could be a couple hours to other planets. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've even noticed as I continually age, <laughs> and with every show I'm older, yeah. <laughs> and you are too, uh, that time just continually speeds up. Mm-hmm. And when you really look at, you know, you have 40 Christmases left. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's that kind of thing is sobering and crazy and really makes you think about, like, am I devoting myself to things that are building blocks for things that I want to build in this life? Yeah, you know, well, like, still here. you know, I don't want to look back and be like, oh yeah, I was a great cog in the wheel and kind of bopped around and lived <laughs> for self y'all hashtag. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I am hoping to be able to point to bigger things. Like mm-hmm. an architect gets to point to a building that they built it's going to be there for a while right you know you get to point to students lives you basically get to point to all of their accomplishments and know (laughs) that you had a piece of that yeah for better or worse because we both owe it we want to owe some of our accomplishments in part to people that influenced us oh yeah so you know it's not a wrong statement Mm -hmm. um yeah um over so actually on mother's day um union adventist college uh had their graduation and uh one of my students that i had student taught you i told you uh i i said it on the podcast last week that i had gotten this letter for them inviting me to their graduation um so they had their virtual graduation and i got to watch and i got to type and she saw the message and texted me oh thank you for tuning in and all that um but just yeah to know that i have made an impact uh here and there in students lives like that means everything to me because that's probably where I put the most value in my life. Um, you know, I've made teaching my career. And so to know that the hours that I put in, that it's like connected with someone and for them to feel um, that I helped guide them and that I was there for them and that I taught them um, important things to them, that, yeah, it just means everything to me. So that's that's my building. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to that's a great way to put that. Um yeah, it's it's your life's work. Mm-hmm. You know, your calling. It's how you're you're an active part of this point in history. This is somebody's history book. Like somebody could be listening to this podcast in three thousand twenty and be like, What was COVID? Like yeah, it doesn't why, seem like a big deal. Oh why, wait. <laughs> why are they talking about their mouths? Like what yeah. are mouths, mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why why are they pooping on this show? We haven't pooped in centuries. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like quiet. Overlord Musk is listening. Yeah, well, I can't believe that you just mentioned my next topic, which oh, was going to be Elon, Elon Musk. Did you catch him on Rogan? Um, where he mentioned his child's name? Yeah, they did talk about that oh, for a, a second. What a dork. Yeah, when I actually saw the name written out, I was like, oh, Elon. Like, you, you talked through this better than this is. Like, you screwed your yeah. kid. 
Um, but I couldn't believe that it was serious. I the, thought he was just the trolling. Kid would never have to apply for a job if Elon set it up in that way. Yeah. But let's talk about jobs real quick because did you see that he sued Alameda County in California over the weekend and then tweeted out that against regulation he would be reopening Tesla for production in Alameda County mm-hmm. and that he would actively be on the line Go against them and that if anybody came to uh, serve a warrant or to arrest anybody that he asked that it arrest only be him. him yeah what do you think about all this because like this um, has become a Republican versus Democrat issue all of a sudden yeah. and a worrier versus like like Dallas is reopened for a week plus now um, I've talked to restaurant owners. I've talked to business owners. I've been out to restaurants and businesses and like people are out. People yeah. are like table for 10, please. Oh, you can't do that. You yeah. know, I'll just do it. Come on. Yeah. You know, people don't care. There's a big portion of the population that's going ape crazy right mm-hmm. now. And then another pop portion of the population that's fearing for their lives or still under a shelter in place and frustrated as they see the rest of the country go back. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think whenever you have a fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders and you're a st- statistician, like you're, you read the stats, you interpret the data, and you make quality business decisions, and we all agree on that for a couple decades now. Like he f- yeah. co-founded PayPal, for crying out loud. Yeah. And this is just one of his ventures, including SpaceX. <laughs> so, you know, when he's, when he's actively tweeting out a couple weeks ago, like California hospitals are half full. They're furloughing employees. They're closing down hospitals due to lack of demand. Like this is, he wasn't saying that it's a hoax, but he's saying that this is overblown. Mm-hmm. And he said that basically if you want to stay home, you should have that right. But if you want to do something else, you should also have that right. That's what he kind of clarified on Rogan. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, your body, as long as it doesn't infringe, uh, infringe on my beliefs, like, I'm going to continue being cautious. Um, I've, I've still been getting takeout I ate for the first time on mother's day, you know, out with my Nana. Um, but it was like out in Granberry, and like, nobody lives out there. Um, they're like, we got 39 cases but, you know, of meth, but no yeah, COVID. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That ain't going to be what you're catching. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm still being cautious. Um, you got another one? Yeah. But uh, Heather's in my head now. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I had a perfect one. Oh man, no, that's okay. I will not be censored. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> it was your choice. <laughs> we had four cases of syphilis pop up over the weekend, but still no COVID. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. We have more incest than bats here in oh, Granbury. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right, now I went too far. All there right. It is. No, I, I appreciate the recap on COVID and like your social yeah. distancing. I'm asking. Broadly, do you believe in the Constitution if it's a pandemic or like end of world event? You know what I mean? Like people keep saying like, oh, this is unconstitutional. And I'm like, well, Mm. is it? My first question is, does first of all, I think a lot of this has been unconstitutional, 100 percent. I guess the question was, oh, I'm sorry. Were we still operating as though the Constitution is a, a guiding principle at all for all decisions? Yeah. If we're facing something that for a minute there we think could like w- potentially wipe out humanity or a portion of it. Um, like if you wrote something where if you defended the writing of the Constitution with a musket, <laughs> does it have a bearing on our lives now with invisible stealth fighter jets? You can't even see them, folks. Do I think that 
the whole thing could use a software update. Uh, yeah, probably, man. We've updated like, our terms of use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and definitely our privacy policy. <laughs> right. Like, let's look at the terms and conditions. There, there is none. The conditions have changed. <laughs> yeah. And quite honestly, the terms as well. Like, life is much different than whenever it was written. Um, I still think, you know, the basis of it uh, holds. I, th- I think it stands. But uh, during the pan, you know, with this pandemic and, you know, forcing people to stay home. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, thumbs up on Elon doing what he did. Uh, thumbs down. You know, I'm going to give him a, a, a thumbs up, but I also, am going to be like anybody that's working for him. I, I like, you're going to get dealt with too. Like he, Elon can say, Oh, well, you know, don't get them in trouble. Just arrest me that's not going to happen. It's not going to go down that way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't heard of any arrests up, up until this point. No, but that's what he was saying, right? Is, uh, well, yeah, is, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this. They don't might take only arrest him. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they'll even arrest him. Yeah. This basically, the minute he did that, it basically became like a, a meet you at the saloon at noon with Gavin Newsom. It seemed like, and the funny part is that it's funny how dynamic, you know, humanity is in, in different pockets and, you know, I was seeing Hidalgo County in Texas had tweeted out a, an open letter to Elon Musk that they'd issued because he had said, I'm going to move Tesla to Texas or somewhere like that where social distancing is relaxed and like it's a pro, you know, it, it would be more fiscally responsible to do Tesla in Texas anyway than California just due to state income tax and high cost of living and all sorts of different situations. Mm-hmm. But all the towns in Texas started making a play you know, for the, the new head, get a plant over here. We can have it ready in two years, like all of this different stuff. And it's funny how, you know, businesses flock to these pro business, you know, the the letter included, like we have a pro business governor, relaxed regulations on X, Y, and Z. And the letter had a one sentence call out like all by itself that said, what we do not have anymore are social distancing guidelines. So they kept talking about what they did have to offer. And then they were like, what we don't have is social distancing. (laughs) And it was just like, wow, you know, it it was exciting from like a Texas business perspective because it's like we might really get, you Mm -hmm. know, more of because he already does some of his SpaceX stuff uh, down here. And they referenced that in the letter. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll I'll be keeping up with it, um, you know, six feet away. He's a he's still one of those people that for me personally. I can't speak for Heather, but for me, um, he has the cachet as a smart person and an innovator that I'm like, well, if Elon is saying this, I'm going to think that that's probably pretty accurate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if he's not concerned, I'm less concerned is my main point. Yeah. yeah. But what about the employees that are on the fence? Like some employees are still scared to go back to work. Like I wonder, I mean, I'm sure that he didn't force anybody, but and if they're management level at a well, that's going to be like that's going to be tough because back. if if the owner's like okay we're open and shop and the employees are like uh, i'm not ready like do they get canned because they're not you know willing to show up uh i mean if, if a company is up and running it, they're gonna have to employ people that are willing to go out and do the work so i think uh you either got to worry about your health uh, from a COVID standpoint or your health from a, Hey, I need to make this paycheck. Um, yeah, I don't know. That is a good point too, that I will, the market changes and the unemployment rates 
I think that if you do have a job and you're like, oh, remote work, or I got to go back to the office, you're like, oh, thank God I have a job. Yeah, I saw an article that was talking about how, um, you know, people want like the penthouse office, like up at the top floor. And now the the first floor is going to be more expensive because you take the elevator up to the top and you're going to be dealing with more people like the further you go up. And so that first floor where you don't have to deal with as many people is going to be like more valuable. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I still want the penthouse baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is, it's interesting to see society shift to a more privacy oriented, like social distance oriented mm-hmm. version of life. And I, there's so many companies that are just not going to go back to their offices. Yeah. You know, I have this confirmed my parents own a real estate company. Mm-hmm. They've had people in their pipeline that have said, you know what? We've remained at just as productive with remote work. We're going to stick with this. Yeah. Um, I've talked to other landlords, like even, you know, down at Hatchways and Victory Park. They're like, we have employees that are f- afraid to come back. We, um, you know, tenants are staggeringly coming back, but people are still concerned or unsure as to what's going on. And I don't know. I talked to yeah. another startup guy there today that said that, you know, there's going to be just like this mass extinction of startups like who run out of funding in the next eight months who can't get funded because they're not some niche remote working tool or mm-hmm. something that's hot to investors right now. Um, I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah. I also saw um, a picture of like an updated gym that's, that's getting ready to reopen. and Like plexiglassed out or Yeah, what? yeah. Or like around all the treadmills. Uh, yeah. I talked to a banking client I'm like, today. All your stuff's going to get on those windows and it's going to be like more to clean, right? Or no? Yeah. I don't. The plexiglass stuff is kind of, it reminds me of a dog that just had that operation where they have the cone <laughs> thing around their neck. Like uh-huh. um, uh, all my banking clients at point of sale or, you know, point of contact with the frontline customer, uh, they're installing plexiglass stuff and dividers. And it's actually been a fun, I, I've taken pictures of different businesses that I frequent. Um, their reactions to uh, social distancing. Like there's so much branded uh, like wayfinding signage um, swag that has been purchased. And like, think about how many people have profited off of masks and custom mask yeah. creations. Like I, at Macero, they had like a Macero branded mask with their name on the other side of the mask. Mm-hmm. It was like all done just like CentOS had just dropped it off. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, you look at, um, little custom sites like Etsy and, you know, people getting like these home crafted masks, like with their names on them and a bunch of different like cute designs or a photo that you've taken, you can upload it and they'll put it on your mask or um, all these different things. Like people are, you know, I think we talked about it last week, but people are definitely finding a way to profit off it, which is not a bad thing. Um, It's just more of an indicator of the new norm in many ways. Um, All the commercials going remote, you know, uh, that, when I go to Chipotle, they have like specific decals, COVID branded mm-hmm. with the Chipotle brand for like stand here on this pepper. And I, I've taken some pictures of some of this stuff because it's pretty innovative. And like, I don't, I'm walking past certain establishments and I'm like, was this to go window always here? Like, or did they just build this all of a sudden? Because so many of these little businesses that have a beautiful little showroom or dining room, they've got the cutest little to go windows now. And like, I, I don't know if we talked about, Taqueria La Ventana I don't think on the so. show, but they win the, the social distancing wars. Like they, they have, they have like a block party going on in front of the Taqueria La Ventana with like mm-hmm. a DJ that's spinning like reggaeton <sighs> and they have like a tent 
popped up with like a chalkboard and like get your to-go orders here and you walk up and it's like it's almost a more fun experience than before you know when you had to walk inside and order so and there's also been food trucks have been mobilized into the neighborhoods like there's a a food truck that parks right where you and i walked earlier Mm -hmm. um on some weeknights and it's like people are kind of gathered around and you know it's like just an umbrella or an awning or a food truck or something like that is like this welcome sign to people to come yeah you know not congregate but people are starved for Mm -hmm. touch and affection and socialization and all sorts Mm -hmm. of things yeah no doubt so yeah uh one, one of the things that i don't know if it was elon or somebody on a recent podcast had exposed is that there was a a very dramatic spike in rush divorces in china directly after social distancing ended so i'm anxious to oh. dig into the stats yeah, worldwide that was kind of a America. joke of ours whenever this first started happening was like oh how many how many people are going to break up after this? oh it's so, not a joke yeah. like there's a bunch of people that are going to break oh, up yeah. i've seen it firsthand like you know i've talked to friends um you know that there's a lot of that going on and yeah. some people are reporting the domestic abuses on on an uptick yeah that's terrible yeah so anyway you got anything else to talk about that elon Um, thing was kind of my last big the last thing that i have is uh you know in earlier episodes we talked about takashi 69 um and how is he out he is out oh he is well yeah he's been out and he had his first ig he went on instagram live and pulled in over two million viewers and uh so you know there's a debate going on it's like why are you supporting this guy you know he was racketeering and you know part of gang violence and uh, he supported people that were killing other people and uh, all that like, so, yeah all that stuff that's why yeah right they're like that's what we thought he was doing to begin with yeah it's like have you listened to fifi yeah and so uh so yeah that was that was definitely interesting because i think we had a conversation like um do the kids you know care whether or not he was involved in all of this and you know he was uh that was surrounding that guy that got murked on um little something I th- yeah uh but he was a good guy you were telling me I, uh that's st- i don't know i don't even remember that story anymore to be honest because that was several months ago um multiple shooters like entered his home or whatever yeah and he had one big hit and a cd that had just dropped yes you can't remember his name this is unlike you um it was something outlandish yeah i don't know oh well i i haven't been keeping up with the lils <laughs> so he's uh takashi 69 is back on ig from he's an back. undisclosed he, he location dropped a song. is he like yo witness protection um, be rad <laughs> i didn't i didn't watch the video i had just seen that he was on um and that he's starting beef with like meek mill oh goodness yeah good to see he learned his lesson right um yeah, so that's that. Man, you just, know what, though? Just for those uh, that that enjoy our hip-hop takes. What a businessman, though. That that boy knows how to generate some press, oh, yeah, some virality. No the fact that you can go into the pen after, you know, only being on the public airwaves for a year or two. Mm-hmm. You can go and serve time, snitch on everybody, and then come pull two million on your first. You know, you get out, somebody hands you an iPhone, you know, mm-hmm. and you install Instagram and you pull 2 million on your first attempt. That's, that's did he keep crazy. his social media constant while he was in there? Now he's back on the original handles or did um, he have to start new stuff? I, he has his, he has the one that he's always had. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was stuff. posting while he was locked up, but yeah, he came he came back and got all those views, man. That's crazy. That's crazy, like man. Nothing, like nothing happened. He dropped a song. Like it was great publicity for him. So he dropped a song already. Yeah. He made it in quarantine. Yeah, I guess it probably took him like five seconds. It's, it's not. It's not lyrically compelling. No. No. It's just like I'll murder you, and if that don't work, I'll tell on you. Yeah. And then I just kind of. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. I'm done with six nine. I just kind of wanted to bring it up because uh, we've talked about it in the past. But one thing that I do think is interesting in music, and this isn't something that I wrote down, I just kind of thought about it, and it's my last thing that I kind of have, is uh, artists have been coming out with, like, quarantine, like, theme songs. Like, I don't know if... Example. Uh, so Luke Combs, who is a huge country singer right now, he came out with a song called uh, Six Feet Apart. Uh, Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber just came out with a song um, entitled Stuck With You. And uh, like a, it's it's becoming pretty prevalent within the last couple of weeks. Even though we can't leave, <laughs> yeah, right, um, yeah, something Better like cough that. Better into your sleeve. <laughs> oh, ooh, lyrics, <laughs> wordsmith, man. Uh, man, I don't want to hear about you staying home, folks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Little Dicky could have a fun. Dude, have fun you watched his that? show? So I I watched the first episode and I was oh, like, no, what you, is this, dude? Um. It heats up, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it gets so good. He's got a um, cult following, it, and no, it gets to the point where like it's not just you know per, you know perverted jokes. Like it, uh, it deals with some. Oh, well, I don't want to ruin the show for you. Like I'm just trying to dance around it because I don't want to spoil anything. But they're like you, you're bound to get teary eyed. Hmm. Yeah, I, it gets I, poignant. I'd heard a, a podcast that he did to promote it, and. Yeah. Oh man, I hadn't it been was aware so, he'd been working so on a good. TV the, the season finale um, was wonderful. I love the way that it ended, and it just got picked up for season two this pa- this week. It's such a full. It goes back to my whole like, when the moment is yours, seize it and run with it. Yeah, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Because it seems like just yesterday I was on my ski trip in the mountains with my family and Meredith and Brian, and I was in my Cadillac SUV rental Mm -hmm. going back from Red River to Santa Fe to, you know, catch a Southwest flight back Mm -hmm. to Dallas. And I listened to that episode of Whiskey Ginger with Dickie. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about this project and Andrew Santino had been involved in an episode or two or no, he's in the whole show. Okay. And uh, they were just talking about, they were trying to not give it away either, but they were trying to talk about, okay, who is, who is Dave? Yeah. You want to be Dave now, you know, Lil mm-hmm. Dicky is the rap name. That's the stage name, yeah. but not all the, it's not your all the time name. And like, they were just talking about how painstaking effort, uh, he had taken, mm-hmm. like he'd spent so much time in like assembling this, curating this, the show oh, I and need you to watch it so we can talk about it. They, they very much alluded to the fact that it was like, it was deep. It was heavy. It, yeah. it dealt with stuff. The humor was on a different level. And yeah. then I watched the first episode and it was like, it almost felt intentionally unfunny or something. Um, uh, yeah, so I need to get back to watch the rest of the yeah, series, but it's just so crazy that that was eight weeks ago <laughs> and that show had its whole run. It's got a cult following. It could generate a Twitter following of a million followers overnight. Mm-hmm. It's an FX mainstream thing. And eight weeks ago, I listened to a guy in a basement on a podcast, you know, in a fragile way, 
be like, I mean, yeah, you, you like it. Like, I hope people like it. I hope people yeah. get it. Like, I want, I want to be known for this now. I want to also expand and do out. this. And it's like now, just eight weeks, mission accomplished. And granted, he's been working on that for years, it sounded like. Yeah. Um, and people had been giving him shade, like, why haven't you dropped an album in five years? And he'd been working so hard on this and having yeah. to prioritize. And so it was just an interesting thing to hear about the process and hear about some of the timidity in which he entered that arena. Mm -hmm. And now to see, again, if you just see the New York Post you know, tweet where it's like, renewed for season two, you think he's on top of all of it. Yeah. But I listened to a very different version of that <laughs> just a very short time ago. And for me, it's like a deja vu moment. Right. Um, so I give it my stamp of approval, if that means anything. Um, I would, uh, for you specifically, I would definitely say stick it out because um, okay. I would like to talk about maybe some of those okay. episodes on here, actually. Well, I'll um, get current on Last Dance, and then I'll plow into that. Cause, yeah, Last Dance is finished this weekend, man. Uh, next weekend. No, this Sunday. They two episodes come out a week. We just saw eight, so nine and ten come out, right? Right, this next weekend. Yeah, this, Tuesday. this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought, you did, made I, me, did I not say this Sunday? No, no, you were just, uh, this Sunday, when you say it like that, it makes me think the like Sunday two, that just passed. Okay, two days ago. Got it. I'm like, it's not over. Don't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, Stop no. it. It's a, yeah. The, the final episodes forever, are about to premiere. Um, yeah. Sad. What a golden age of entertainment and sports. <laughs> truly, truly. Man. They were really, that was the formation of the mega millionaire athlete that we know today. Like, Actually, Nolan Ryan was one of the formative figures of like sports stars being paid what they're now compensated. Yeah. I think he was the first million dollar man in all of any organized sport. Uh, that might back yeah, in like the late so. 80s or 90s. Hmm. And then you get into the Michael Jordan era and they were still they were making money, but not, you know, I mean, Dak is holding out for what, $150 million, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how quickly things change. Yeah, definitely. All right, you got any shout-outs? Um, Shout-out to Kaylee, our first uh, our first paid sponsor. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, we'll have a Patreon set up for you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so greatly appreciated. Heather, again, it was so wonderful seeing you, and uh, thanks for your feedback. And uh, we hope you continue listening. But if not, you know, still love you. Yeah, and we'll change our stance on everything if you sponsor us. So. <laughs> That's yeah. the beauty of it. If you sponsor us, we will say what you want, people. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah, we, we, can, we can be bought. Yeah, we'll just clarify, like, this is ad copy, but yeah, now my mom is going to, like, Venmo me, and be, I'll be like, I'm a dork, I'm a spoiled brat. <laughs> yeah, take it. I'll be like, end of ad copy. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants me to, like, entrap Carson in any type of conversation, yeah, just no. slide some money my way. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you got to disclose that, just FYI, <laughs> and split the profits, FYI. Well, I could have pocketed like that side, money and head side to the hills. <laughs> Shout out KBB for being our first ever legitimate sponsor of yeah. the show. Um, um, again, shout out to Alec and Rochelle for just having their birthday. Oh, and they just announced, I, I had said that Rochelle was pregnant. They just announced that they're having a girl. And so, congrats. so that's exciting. Um, so shout out to them. Also Cameron Burks. I know that you're still listening, man, and you, you're, you've been keeping up to date. So I definitely appreciate that. Shout out Cameron. Um, I had talked about the fake Yeezys like an episode two or ago yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Hey man, send me the link. <laughs> Dude, I asked for the link and I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they took it down. I tried to go through my uh, past purchases and it was gone. So yeah, it'll gonna... be easier for me to fool middle-aged white people that they're <laughs> Yeezys rather than students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So shout out to all of them. How about you? 
Um, uh, shout out to everybody, really, just all the friends and family, and yep. had good catch-ups with the fam over the weekend. Um, greatly appreciated that. A uh, shout out to the work team that's continuing to persevere with some remote work, and we're launching some uh, what could be world-changing things. So I'm excited about that. And um, shout out to all the people that are kind of, uh, you know, down on their luck right now a little bit because mm-hmm. I reached out to a client today, and one of the people on the email thread was furloughed, and wow. the person that was left, you know, gratefully for their job, was feeling very lonely because literally. I watched a team of 1,300 get scaled back to four mm. the other day. So, Dang. you know, people are hurting. A lot of people are filing for unemployment. And um, if you're shelter insufficient or food insufficient um, or any of these different things, it can be a very trying time. And society has been purposefully set up at the moment to mess with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, keep your head up and this too shall pass. We'll get through this. Um, thankfully, if you're in Texas and listening to this, you're you're um, already coming on coming mm-hmm. back online, which is good. Light but, at the end. Um, we added a couple new countries since our last oh, podcast. We? Yeah, we added. Um, oh, I'll pull it up. Mm. I thought it was worth mentioning. It was a fun one. Shout out, Brock! You traveling again? Shut up. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, take that from you. All right, U.S. Chechia, Chechia. I can't see your phone, so I don't know. How how do you Chechia? Spain, Ireland, Netherlands, Japan, United Kingdom. I think that was the one that just came yeah. across the line. Puerto Rico, Germany, India. Great. Mm. You want some more demographics? Yeah, hit me. Ages, 0 to 17. This is only our Spotify listeners. So okay. this is... We get 80% of our listens through Apple Podcasts, so I don't know if you can extrapolate the exact same demographics show-wide, but mm-hmm. on Spotify, which is our second most listened to platform, yes. at about 12%, um, 0 to 17, 9%. Shout out my students. Okay. 18 to 22, you have a guess. 18 to 22? Um, like three? 13%. Oh, 23 to 27, 23 to 27, 30%. 24%. Okay. 28 to 34, 27%. 22%. Okay. 35 to 44, 33%. Less than 1%. Whoa. 33, oh, 35 hey, to 44. That, that was a compliment not. to all of our, uh, are all of our you know family members that listen i just assumed that you were younger you're, well you're looking good wait for the next one 45 to 59 <laughs> hit me 29 percent. yeah see <laughs> see i just thought y'all were younger we've Man, actually hey y'all are looking good <laughs> we've divvied up those demographics a little bit more because originally on spotify i was like i didn't know that this age demographic was on spotify <laughs> yeah. like the 45 to 59 was crushing yeah but the 35 to 44 with less than one percent is so what what you would anticipate in some ways like mm-hmm. all of my buddies that i golf with twice a year that you know we call each other to talk business that have like young kids and a mm-hmm. mortgage like they're not listening no they don't got time for you this. know they're like i tried and i'm like yeah you shouldn't have <laughs> yeah, so, like yeah. i'm glad you don't yeah please <laughs> i don't want to waste your time buddy right. like i i think i've been known to say this is a teeny bopper show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which it's obviously not but 
Yeah. You know, no, I get it you. is interesting to see how things skew. Mm-hmm. Huh? So shout out to all those people. Shout out to people going through a hard time. Forget that we're like wrapping the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we're, we're greatly appreciative of all of you. Yeah. We uh, appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. Um, we'd love to get more plugged in, get more of your feedback, listen to your stuff, send us your snippets. And as always, thank you to the listeners. Thanks to Dean for submitting this week. Thanks to K-Bay Bay. And uh, we will catch you up next week. Later.